Welcome back to another edition of All Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. We got a lot to get into, uh, but we don't have a lot of time to do it. So let's get right to it. We'll also uh, get into uh, Texas football. We got the spring game coming up this weekend. We'll give you some more details how the Horn is covering that. But we have sound from the head coach, Steve Sarkeesian, from his spring football media availability. We'll get to that coming up in the 5 o'clock. The play-in games begin tonight so we'll start previewing the NBA postseason Lakers in action tonight versus the T-Wolves the Hawks versus the Heat we'll get into that and break that down Texas baseball they get another dub that's all that matters we'll get into that also preview and review Texas baseball's win over Texas State we got hardball to help us do that and break it down and NFL news notes and nuggets in the top of the four o'clock before we do let's introduce you to the rest of the crew he was a second round pick for the Montreal Lex- Exposed with a first round pick for the Austin Radio Network. He originally committed to the University of Texas, but decided to forego the 40 acres and chase his dream in the cheese. Pippin ain't easy, but for him it's a breeze. He is Mike Hardball Hards, ladies and gentlemen. What's going on, brother? Man, I'm ready. I can't wait. We got playing games. We yeah. got Texas baseball. Went to the Round Rock Express game. I'll get into that a little bit. And we'll also talk to my man Kyle Yeomans. That's right, folks. He will be on the show today and break down what he believes the Cowboys will do. <laughs> during the draft. I don't know if it's true, but he is going to be with us. But let me talk about my man that sits across from me every single day. He hails from H-Town with the get down. He's a lifetime Longhorn and a proud card-carrying member of DBU. Legendary lifetime and now college football Hall of Fame Longhorn Derek Johnson said he was the best cover corner he had ever seen. He's a former NFL DB that still has that passion for film study, but he's not a fan of white condiments. But, of course, he is a fan of you, the listeners. He is my man and yours, Rod Babers. Thanks for the intro, brother. Let's not waste any time introducing our other brother. He is one of the hardest-working members of the Aaron family. He's got a hustler spirit, period. We don't know what he's paid. We do our damn show that he's underpaid, though. That's for sure. My man, Patrick Davis. What's going on, Patrick? How are you? I'm doing good, doing good. All right. We got a shortened show, abbreviated, uh, truncated edition of Ball Don't Lie. We're going to be off a little bit early at 6.15 for Texas Baseball. Speaking of Texas baseball, we're going to talk Texas baseball. So if you want to stick around for that, that will be coming up next segment. We'll talk about their win over uh, Texas State, but also their game coming up tonight uh, versus Texas State. Also, we're going to preview the play-in games, talk some NBA Top of the three, and also top of the six o'clock, right before we're out of here. NFL news notes and nuggets that will be coming in the top of the four o'clock. We'll talk Cowboys there. Uh, Lamar Jackson, Albert Breer's latest report as a Texans fan. Um, it, it caused me some anxiety reading it. So, um, if you're a Texans fan out there, just <laughs> brace yourself world, for it. Dog. Yeah, brace yourself for it. We'll get into that. Also, uh, the uh, Cowboys really like Rojo. Multiple reports out there that the Cowboys like Rojo. I mean, who doesn't like Rojo? Right? Yeah, exactly. Must <laughs> not be must not be alive if you don't yeah. like Rojo. You <laughs> exactly. know what I'm saying? I mean, everybody likes. Just like saying, like, oh, you thought Beyonce was fine. I mean, everybody thinks. I mean, Beyonce, come on. Everybody think Beyonce is fine. Exactly. Uh, so Trip. we'll get, we'll get it to that. And Carson Palmer, how about? this, uh, he's starting up a, a really heated national debate about who's the best quarterback in the NFL. Uh, I think we all know he says uh, it's Joe Burrow. Uh, he said he would take Joe Burrow over Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. We'll talk about that a little bit, too. I think it's an interesting conversation. So we'll do all that top of the 4 o'clock. Harsh Knock Life, uh, you just talked about it. Got a special guest coming on to talk Cowboys. So we'll keep right. the NFL conversation going uh, with Kyle Yeomans coming on uh, at uh, 4.30. Uh, Harsh Knock Life to talk Cowboys. So NFL hour is basically going to be your 4 o'clock hour. 
Uh, you can be a part of the show. You're the most important part of the show. Specs Text Lines, the best way to do it for 512-337-3776. Also, you can do it via Twitter. My man Harge is at Hardball Harge. Patrick Davis, the real MVP at It's Patrick Davis. And I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. Speaking of Patrick Davis, glad he's here because he's kind of a NBA aficionado. I don't know anybody who watches more NBA. Well, I know a couple of guys that watch as much NBA, but I don't know if anybody watches more NBA than my man Patrick right. Davis. My man Matt Butler watches a lot of NBA because uh, he's one of those fantasy nerds. <laughs> so he watch, he, he, he's pacing to the spring league. He's in that kind of stuff, and I know my man Patrick does as well. Uh, so we'll talk a ton of NBA on the show, of course, because the play-in games are starting tonight. So the postseason officially begins. So we're going to try to preview them and, and, and basically uh, dive as deep as we can into these two matchups that are happening tonight. Uh, all right, so let's start, gentlemen, with, you know, you want to start with the Laker, Lakers versus uh, the T-Wolves, or would you like to start with the Atlanta Hawks versus the Miami Heat? Well, let's go in order. Because they start tonight. Let's okay. go ahead and go well, with I the, think the Atlanta, yeah. the late Atlanta's game is first. Like, right, so right. let's go into the Atlanta. Yep. Uh, Atlanta is the, right now, of course, we know the winner advances to face Boston, who uh, in the first round as the seventh seed, if they win that seventh seed, because the play-in is all about. The loser will play the winner of Wednesday night's Bulls-Raptors game to determine the eighth seed. Uh, yep. And remember, the Heat have the regular season advantage in this series, 3-1. to one. And what and this is and this is why I think you can kind of start with this you know storyline. This matchup, or at least the problems it presents to the Atlanta Hawks, this is why they acquired Dejounte Murray. Yep, right because it was too easy to just cut the head off the snake defending the Atlanta Hawks with Trey Young. And right. and by the way, no, you can argue nobody in the NBA has defended Trey Young better than the Miami Heat when they've played them uh, versus Miami uh, when Trey Young's played them in the last two years versus the Heat. Three in, they're 3-10. and 10, That's the record. Uh, less than 20 points per game, right at 19.8 points per game. Three-point percentage, uh, 23.7%. The assist numbers stay relatively normal, around 7.5 assists per game, but averaging almost six turnovers per game. Um, they were able to, and Miami's defense is one of the better defenses in the NBA. They were able to effectively cut the head off the snake, if you will, with Trey Young when they did not have another weapon. Now they do. They got DeJounte Murray. So if they're going to focus all their attention on trying to neutralize Trey Young, which maybe they will be able to do based on the numbers you have here, uh, they still got to worry about DeJounte Murray on the weak side. You get some you know, three-on-twos or some two-on-ones. DeJounte Murray, and you know this, Patrick, because you're a Spurs fan, he can make you pay. Yeah. He can get to the rim. And I don't th- – I mean, Miami's got – I mean, they got some deep – they don't have a, like a, a – Rim protector. They don't have Bam Adebayo can be a rim protector. Bam Adebayo is one of the dudes that everybody keeps sleeping on. And you you (laughs) sit back and you watch a game, you know that Bam Adebayo not only can protect the rim, he can also score. And that's going to be the difference for me. And, of course, Jimmy Butler at this time of year. This is where Jimmy becomes that dude. That's where Jimmy lets everybody (laughs) know that he's going to go hard and he's going to go hard in the paint a lot. So, and Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero is somebody, you know, we're talking about John T. Murray and trying to offset what uh, uh, Trey Young does. They better be careful with what they do with Tyler Hero because if Tyler Hero can get going, that just opens so much more. And nobody ever talks about Oladipo. Mm-mm. You know, everybody stopped talking about Oladipo. And don't forget, he can score too. So this is a time where I think because of the experience, number one, I think Spolstra is a better head coach. 
Um, didn't they just get Quinn Snyder? Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So the adjustment period mm. for what they're trying to do and the fact that uh, Spolstra has been around for a long time. And let's not forget about the front office, Pat Riley. Mm-hmm. Pat Riley's been built for this. So he's, yeah. he's going to make sure that these guys are well well prepared. Both of these teams have been in the Eastern Conference Finals a lot. I mean, yeah. in, in the last two years. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it worked out that way. It, it has, <laughs> yeah. And, and I'll give more credit to Miami on that because I think Miami has had a more built team. That Atlanta team that went kind of got like Trey Young was good. That team was good. I don't want to disparage them too much, but they got really lucky to get there. There was injuries and other things yeah. that kind of led a path to there. Uh, I mean, like the, all of today's games, it's fun to look at and go the trades beginning of the season for the Timberwolves. And for, and for the the Atlanta Hawks seem to have been bad trades. Like neither one of them did what they expected them to do. If you're in the play-in, that meant that that trade to add Dejounte Murray to add Rudy Gobert, neither of those worked because you're not supposed to be in the play-in if you add another player to a playoff team, right? That's fair. That's fair. So both those trades did not seem to work out the way they wanted them to. And then you look at the Lakers who made a trade at the trade deadline, and it was a huge success. And Miami, who didn't do anything but didn't mess up their team chemistry. So where Miami probably should have gotten somebody else, wasn't able to do it at the trade deadline. And that's kind of setting this the the scene for these plans is can these teams recover and the Timberwolves and the Heat or in the and the Hawks, can they recover from the fact that the, they just have really underperformed this year? after putting together these teams, and the Hawks had to fire Nate McMillan because he basically died on his sword and said, look, if Trey Young doesn't want to play basketball that's going to win us games, then I'm just going to keep coaching him until he does, and I'll pull him out of games when he doesn't care about winning. If he just cares about the stats, I'm going to pull him out. And that ended up getting him fired eventually, and Quinn Snyder's coming in, and he's trying to lean on him a little bit more in a different way. But right now, Miami's a much better team than Atlanta is. Atlanta has bigger superstars in Trey Young that Trey Young can take over a game like very few can. Like he's got that Luka Doncic thing and, and the LeBron thing and, and what all those guys in the past used to have where it's like, oh, no, he could put up 70 in this game if you really wanted to. And he, he gets hot. He can hit eight, nine threes in a game. He can go off. And Miami defends him well. I don't think that happens. And if that doesn't happen, he's also a guy that can shoot you out of a game. Yeah. And I could see them shooting themselves out of this game tonight against Miami where they get the pressure, it gets put on them, they start to worry about what they're doing, and Miami just plays good, smart, fundamental basketball for four quarters, and Atlanta gets a little bit behind and just tries to shoot threes to get their way back into it. Yeah, and to add to that point, Patrick, because I I, I totally agree with everything you said, the playoffs, and I've talked about how this era of the NBA is so different when we all kind of grew up watching the NBA where mm-hmm. everybody played hard-nosed defense and everybody could play really good defense and the elite teams could also play elite offense and they had elite scores at the time. And now it's flipped. Everybody can play offense. Everybody can score. The elite teams that separate, they also can play defense on that, top of that. Exactly. Atlanta doesn't play defense at all. Now, this is a weird matchup because Miami technically is the worst offense in the league. Yes. Miami. Efficiency (laughs) for sure. Yeah, Miami was the lowest scoring team in the NBA. They're the only team to fail to score 110 points per game, getting back to how high scoring the NBA is, Mm -hmm. um, with with three players who average over 20 points per game. Right. I mean, Jimmy Butler, Mm -hmm. Bam Adebayo, Uh and Tyler Hero. Mm Mm-hmm. 
It's weird. It, the individual pieces don't add up to the total sum of its parts. It's strange. Never I don't lost. know offensively. <laughs> but get your point though, experience the playoffs. Exactly. They got guys that will know how to score in, in, in crucial situations. Yeah. Right? Clutch time. They know which, what it's about. Yeah, but it's weird because Atlanta, they're just as bad de- defensively. They are one of the worst in the NBA. Because they got Trey Young. <laughs> Trey Young don't play defense, which to Patrick's yeah, point. And they, and like, they got rid of Herter, who wasn't who, a great defender, but he put a lot of effort he put into, effort it. into well, it. And John yeah. Collins hasn't been the same since the injury, so he doesn't he doesn't have to jump exactly. anymore to be a rim protector. Yeah. And Clint Capella is just getting older. Guys, their defense, I mean, they're they're basically kind of what the Mavs would have been in the playoffs. Right. They kind of represent that. Yeah, which is why he was like, nah, it, we ain't playing. We're, we're not going to let y'all play because we're just out there to be out there. Yeah, they're a defensive rating, 22nd, 115.4. Points in the paint allowed, uh, 54.7. That's 29th. Fast yep. break points allowed, uh, 15.4. That's 26th. Fourth quarter points allowed, 28.3. That's 27th yep. in the NBA. I, is, is he, I mean, they're kind of lucky to be here considering how bad that defense is. But to Patrick's point, they got a guy that can light up. And now with DeJounte Murray, they, at least they got a, 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 a on-ball defender yes, who yeah. can. Now, they as a team defensively, they're bad. But they do have one guy yep. that they can schematically, uh, tactically try to put on your best guy. And maybe he can frustrate him because DeJounte yeah, Murray is the real and, deal. And, and, and we know DeJounte Murray this season hasn't been 100% the same defender. Because of that's the reason he went out of San Antonio. He yep. won't score. Well, he was like, man, I want to go play street ball. Want, man, it's yeah. fun. I love playing yeah. basketball when I'm playing with my friends. And when Pop gets in there, he yells at me because he wants me to play defense <laughs> and pass the ball. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, because they want to win. Yep. And they went over there, and Nate McMillan yelled at him too, and he went, nah, Trey went, don't listen to him. <laughs> don't listen to him. <laughs> yeah. We're going to go out there. Look, hey, man, just lob it up for Clint Capella. Hey, man, wasn't he a really good defender and rebounder? Nah, but he catches lobs now. He's good. <laughs> and that's just – it's <laughs> I, and I think Quinn Snyder's a great coach nah. and, and hopefully he turns it around. <laughs> he just but, got there, yeah. Yeah, but I, I don't know if they have enough right now to convince DeJounte Murray and John Collins and Clint Capella that they're really gonna have to step up their game defensively in this matchup. And not only for this matchup, but for the next month, month and a half. I don't know if he can I don't know if he can yeah. get that out of all those guys to go, look, I get it. We are now in the Trey Young show offensively. We need to. We need to. Dejounte Murray needs to get twenty twenty five for us, and we need mm-hmm. to get Trey Young and try and get him open and screen for him and run for him and get him get him going because he's not going to help us defensively just at all. No matter how much we try, he will not care because he's not a complete basketball player. But the rest of you guys can because you've done it in the past. We know you can defend. You just have to want to. It sucks to do it. It sucks when you know it, during the regular season when they call fouls on you all the time because today's NBA they call a ton of fouls. And we'll see if playing basketball is is more mm. playoff basketball refs or regular season refs. That, that, that that's a good point. Yeah, I don't know because Miami the, yeah. will very much thrive yeah. in regular and se- playoff refs yep. because if they can play a little bit more intense and they can play more playoff basketball, that's what they're built to do. And if the Hawks can play, Trey Young gets to pump fake and then fly vertic- for fly horizontally into a foul and throw it into the fourth row, and they give him three free throws. Then it's going to help them out. That's a good point. No, yeah. I, I think that that my two big factors in the matchup will be Dejounte Murray offsetting whatever production is lost when they try to cut the head off the snake, which is Trey Young, which Miami, which I gave the numbers, has done really, really well over the last two years. The whole point of that is getting Dejounte Murray. So if they're if you know they're extending the defense 
on the strong side, then on the on the weak side, you should have DeJounte Murray with some advantageous matchups. And if he can take advantage of that, uh, like Patrick said, give you 20, uh, 20-something night in and night out, yep. I think that's their formula. Defensively, though, um, yeah, I mean, the Hawks are just going to struggle. But for Miami, like I said, they, they don't score a lot as a team. But to Pat to to Harge's point, they have clutch scores. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy Butler, he's third in the NBA in clutch time scoring. A uh, clutch time points scored, I should say. Yeah. Clutch time punch points scored uh, with a one fifty one, I believe it is. And he's shooting over fifty percent field goal percentage in clutch time. When it's time, it's time. Yeah, clutch. You so, know so, what I'm saying? So, and that's what this is going to come down to. We yeah. all know it. I mean, that's what the uh, the play in all the playoffs are all about. How about this little stat, guys? Before we move on to the Lakers matchup here. DeJounte Murray and Trey Young, first teammates since Jordan and Pippen to average 20-plus points and 6-plus assists. Yeah. I wish they would add in there how many turnovers they get, too. No, that probably Yeah, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Because Trey Young will turn that thing over a lot more than his assists. But to your point. For for a game. Yeah. Over for a game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and then, yeah, Yeah. versus Miami, that number goes up almost two more. Yeah, exactly. Two more on that versus (laughs) over over the last two years anyway. So, yeah, it's – uh, that's going to be – I'll pick Miami in the matchup, by the way. So I'm Yeah, I think 17 <laughs> other people on a panel did so as well. Oh, <laughs> but I do want to say this. Eric Spolster became the only coach in franchise history with at least 700 career wins, according to ESPN Sports and Dallas. That's a good point. How underrated is Eric Spolstra, Look, I, uh, Patrick? You, you, I, mean, you're I, I think guy. in NBA circles he's not. In the grand scheme of things, extremely. Okay. Yeah. That's in what the, I think. In the big yeah. picture, he is one of the most underrated coaches. Yeah, he's a, he's a top 10 all-time the coach. Non, like he said, to the non-basketball people. Is, if, like, you look at him and you're like, ah, oh, it's Eric Spolster, you don't, the first thing that comes to your mind is not a bunch of wins. Is it because LeBron almost devalues coaches? With him, him and Pat Riley. Oh, so, yeah. It's, it's both. Yeah. It, it's that yeah. it's people believe Pat Riley was more influential in all of this, mm-hmm. so they didn't give him the credit. And then LeBron came in, and they don't give him the credit. They'll give Dwayne Wade credit. They'll give everyone else just seems nicer, and he's not an outspoken guy. So, mm-hmm. like, it just yeah. comes back that Greg Popovich will be very outspoken about things, so he's in kind of more in your face. Yeah. And not even that he's unplugging his own self, but he's in your face. Yep. And Spolster is so quiet, people don't believe that he is the guy in the timeouts yelling at players and getting things Remember, done. Remember, because he got he into is. a fight with, with yes. Jimmy one time. He was about to fight Jimmy, and Udonis Haslin stepped in and was like, yo, man, talking to Jimmy. Like, I'm the godfather around this piece, and yeah. if anybody's going to well, be hollering, it's going to be me. Well, let's be honest. Jimmy Butler was also referring to himself as Jimmy. Oh, yeah, that that's true. That's true. That's <laughs> you going to yell at Jimmy? <laughs> you talking to Jimmy like that? You know who Jimmy is? Leon don't play no Dion. <laughs> right? We, have, we all agree Jimmy Butler probably refers to himself as Jimmy in third yeah, person. Very and, true. And we love him for that, by very the way. Very true. And just to add to that, to Spolstra, his uh, playoff resume is just as good. He's got 96 playoff wins, eighth most in NBA history. And if he wins this series, he can move. If he wins a series coming up, he can move into fifth place all time. Yeah. No, that's a good point. That's yeah, a great point. People about underestimate him, him yeah. so much. I mean, if you, if you yeah. look at this roster right now, it's not a lot no. of a lot of coaches would not have put this in the like a lot of coaches would be tanking right now because they wouldn't be able to make it work with yeah. Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo and basically Tyler Hero, maybe your third best players. Mm-hmm. Kyle Lowry don't play the whole season. Much, yeah. And when he does play, he doesn't Man, look I even close. About Kyle Lowry. I mean, because he's doubtful again tonight, but he I mean he just yeah, he he does not look like he is an NBA player anymore. No. No, that's a, that's a good point about Eric Spolstra. And they picked and they picked up uh, Kevin Love. 
Don't forget, Kevin Love is on this team too. That's right. And he's been playing, he's been going back to the old Kevin Love of just worrying about playing defense and rebounding. Oh, you know, he's on like a journey, like yeah. a, a, a basketball journey. Uh, I, I read like a piece about him. Like he's deep. You know, he's into like being on yep, mental, yep, well, mental yep. health and yes, mental wellness. He's big time on that. So he's, in, he's on a different kind of journey. But you're right, though. I, I, we. Yeah, that may be one of the most, just considering Spolstra, and now yeah. we just talked about all the guys on the roster that we forgot about. Yeah. The Heat are an underrated team. Very yeah. much. You got to remember, Kevin Love didn't see the sun for the entire first part of his career. He played in Minnesota, Minnesota. and Cleveland. He went to Minnesota to Cleveland, and now he's in Miami. He's like, oh, the race. <laughs> oh, yeah, so he I'm thought, alive again. He's probably talking about the God and everything else. Exactly. They found God out there. He's like, yep. oh, no, you just it's the sun. It's the sun. It's the sun. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, speaking of Minnesota, uh, they are in action tonight as well. The late game, uh, Minnesota at L.A., the Lakers. Uh, so it's an eight, basically, uh, versus seven. Remember, the winner advances to face Memphis in the first round as that number seven seed. So it's the matchup to win the seven seed. The loser will play the winner of that Wednesday night game uh, with uh, the uh, Thunder and mm-hmm. uh, the Pelicans. Yes. Yes, as well. Uh, that And that's going to determine the eight seed. So there you go. And by the way, the, the regular, seri- regular season series, I should say, um, Minnesota won that two to one. Not that it matters that much because yeah. the Lakers are just a different team. They're since totally the all-star break. <laughs> and by the way, they picked up Tristan Thompson too. That act, that, that went down? That yeah, is, you're right yeah, about that. He's part of that, that group of of players that they picked up at the last second. And don't forget, uh, Mo Bamba. Is on the he's Lakers as well. Is he? Yeah, because yeah, he's, he's been, been playing injured. the last few games. Okay. They yeah. got they got healthy at the perfect time. Right. Um. They really did. I mean, they that's that's the key right now to what what's going on with the Lakers is they're finally healthy at the right time. LeBron's healthy. Uh, Hart just brought up Mobamba uh, being healthy. And here's what they've done basically since they're too significant. Most people look at it since the All Star break. They've been great. They basically got the second best record in the NBA behind Milwaukee since the All Star break. Uh, they are eight. 18 and 9, I believe. No, sorry about that. They, since Yeah, since the uh, February 9th trade deadline, they are 18 and 9. Yeah. So when you look at the All-Star break or look at the trade deadline, they've been a different team. So pre-All-Star break, they were 20th in offensive rating, 18th in defensive rating. Post-All-Star break, 14th in offensive rating, 4th in defensive rating. And really the trades that they made uh, kind of – Harge, it, um, it solved a lot of the issues that they had, yeah. uh, which were they didn't have enough shooting, enough quality shooting on the team, and they didn't have enough rebounding and defense on the team either, and they figured out a way to uh, you know acquire pieces to really solve a lot of those issues. Yeah, and, and a couple of those guys they get from Utah that came over in that trade for Rudy Gobert. Yeah. Yeah. Malik Bleasley yeah. and Vanderbilt and, were both on the Timberwolves earlier this season, X-Wolves. traded for Rudy Gobert, and then Utah was like, oh, you gave us too many guys for that Rudy Gobert guy. We'll send some of those over to the Lakers, and now they're playing good pieces over there. And Vanderbilt is one of the best defenders in the league. Yeah. He's one of the best defenders in the league, So, yeah. and one of the most underrated players if you don't watch basketball. Everybody's looking for certain guys to come in, and to your point, Rod, of what you said about them getting healthy at the right time, but they're also getting the critical pieces to having success because you know Anthony Davis, you don't know what you're going to get from him. He's been playing a lot better, but as far as defensive-wise, there's some games he plays more defense than offense. LeBron is coming back to that point of where he was getting hot at the right time. 
But those other pieces that you're picking up, you talked about Malik Beasley, even uh, uh, Austin Reeves. Yeah. Austin is Reeves is really the new well. Alex Caruso. Right, he's going, <laughs> and, man, and he's in a contract year, so he wants yeah, it right he now. He wants it bad. That's a great point, though. Yeah, I mean, they got they have so many guys for the Lakers that are just playing really, really well right now, yep. and that's why a lot of people, you know, they're they're picking the Lakers. To well, I mean, I still think look that at, is crazy though to pick the Lakers. Well, I, I wouldn't pick them to win the title, but I say in this game. Yeah. It is. Oh, it is a Lakers team. Sure. No, some people is, pick them to win it all, yeah. though. But yeah. in this game, it's them going forward, and the Timberwolves are suspended a guy, and a guy's out with a, a broken, with a hand. Hand, broken hand because yeah. of how mad they are, how well they're playing right now. Yeah. Yeah. The Jaden McDaniels injured right hand. Uh, that's big because he's one of their best on dog defenders. defenders. Yep. And, and, and LeBron's had problems against him in particular. Yeah, I, I heard, yep, you're right about yeah. that. And then I heard Zay bring that up as well. And then you have Rudy Gobert, who's also a guy that can protect the rim, and he's going to be out. So, yep. it, it, yeah, all the things are – I mean, even before those guys are being out, I think people would have looked at the Lakers as, right now, arguably one of the hottest teams in the NBA. Oftentimes, who wins the NBA title, or at least who makes deep runs, they're not necessarily the best team, but the team that gets hot at the right time. Mm-hmm. The Lakers are primed to be that team that's hot at the right time. Um, Here's some numbers since that D'Angelo, since that the trade and D'Angelo Russell and his uh, really effect on the team. uh, The Lakers were 3.7 points worse in net rating. Uh, with Beverly on the court, 3.1 points worse in net rating with Westbrook on the court. But now, with <laughs> uh, if you go look at their net rating now, the Lakers are 15 uh, and a half points better in net rating with D'Angelo Russell on the court this season. Uh, they are 0.7 points better in defensive rating with Vanderbilt on the court this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they are they're improved all around. Austin Reeves too. Some guys they're just. Some you know some players just benefiting from this kind of new culture and the new uh, vibe really of this team as they are really finding their way and kind of finding their groove right now. Austin Reeves, uh, since returning from that 16 game absence he had in February, uh, over his last 27 games he's shooting 44 percent from three while averaging 16 points per game. Yeah. Before that he was at 36 percent from three and around 10 points per game. So. They got a lot of guys playing at a high level. Um, I mean, I'll take the Lakers right now. Oh, hard they, to bet they're, against they're, them. They're definitely hot, and especially when you got to play in a series against them. That's the other part about it. That, yeah, tonight is just a one-gamer, but when you get into a series, it's hard to go against them with all that depth. And, again, the experience. And, of course, they got LeBron on that team. They got Brown, bro. So Brown, crazy. At 20 Years in the league, by the way. It's so crazy to say the Lakers have depth. Exactly. Because we could have talked about this before the (laughs) trade deadline. You're like, this may be the most shallow team. They don't have five starters before the trade deadline. What were we calling? LeBron was the one that would suck all your players away. Yeah. Like the aftermath of LeBron. Yeah, you will win a championship, but for the next five years, your teams would suffer. You gave the stats earlier this year when we were talking about LeBron, and now we're still talking about, but now. They've got depth. Well, they got they got to make a run first. They're still the yeah. LeBron, the run hangover is real. Uh, if they make a run to the NBA title or at least to the Western Conference Finals, then they would buck that trend. Indeed, they yeah. would buck that trend because, and this is why people are upset with the Mavs because yeah. they look like they were in worse shape than the Mavs were. 
And then oh, they, they were in my chair. Were in chair. Yeah, exactly. And they found they found now. Obviously, LeBron is LeBron, <laughs> as yeah. Hart said. So yeah. he is a freak that goes against you know every kind of you know basketball theory you could throw out there. Um, but Luca is a great player, and everybody believes Luca. He's not going to be LeBron, I don't think, but he's still a great player, great young player to build around. And yet the Lakers and my front office, Rob Palenka, they found a way to get it done. Yep. And resuscitate the season, and the Mavs regressed and got worse. Also made a big move, but they got worse. They did. Yeah. No, you, you figure if the they could have. Well, because <laughs> this move was built, to Patrick's point, he made built around the strengths, looking at the team aspect of the Lakes and trying to make them a better team. The, the Mavs will look, they had a different motive yeah. in acquiring yeah. Kyrie Basically, Irving. if you were able to say, if the Mavs were able to pull off the exact same trade for D'Angelo Russell and Vanderbilt and Beasley, they would be in the playoffs right now. I agree. Wow. Because they got because defense. Because they would have kept Dorian Finney-Smith. And they would have got defense. Yeah, they and right. they would have kept Dorian yes. Finney-Smith, added another yes. point guard. But those were all guys that nobody wanted. Utah was going to get rid of him anyway. Yep. So if they could have pulled off that trade, then that then you go, all right, now you get another point guard. He's not as good as Kyrie is, but he is a he's shown that he is not as bad as everybody was making him out to be. That's a great yep. point. That's one man's trash and another man's treasure. You could have hey, brought man. All Sometimes you got to clean it off a little bit, no, right? Man, that's a great point, man. Yeah. I didn't think about that, Patrick, but you're right. Uh, oh, that, that makes it hurt for my Sorry, Mouse fans. I just, <laughs> we want to bring that up, but I, I think he's a. Uh, facts is facts. Also, yeah, you could have, if you could have gotten point. a Mo Bamba trade, too. Like, if basically, it's, if you could have just gunned all the Lakers trades, you'd be doing pretty good. So right that, now. And, but those, and like you said, those were pieces you could have acquired because nobody really wanted them. Yeah, yeah. they were just said it was savvy. Yeah. Moves. You went after the guy that no one also really wanted, but because he, but he is a superstar Splash player. Splash move. Yeah, this you went for the one, big yeah. move and you gave up players to do it. They basically gave up picks and guys that they didn't want, like Patrick Beverly. But they were trying to solve problems. Yes. Yep. They were trying to solve yeah, and, the problems. And, and I'll tell you this, Mavs, Mavs had plenty of guys that they could have ditched salaries. Like, they have those guys on that roster, too. You could have ditched a JaVel McGee in salary, or you could have ditched a, a Davis Bertans, or you could have ditched. I mean, you could even ditch Dinwiddie or Tim Hardaway Jr., one of those guys, if you go, hey, give up one of those guys because we have the other one. You could do all of those things, but you Dorian Finney-Smith was a big problem. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, no doubt. Well, I, you know what? And pretty much I think that Mark Cuban admitted he said, I, I messed it up. So uh, I'm not trying to pile on to the yep. maps. All right, we come back. We'll talk Texas baseball on the other side. Keep their winning ways going where they win over Texas State. So we'll review that match, but also preview the matchup coming up tonight between Texas uh, and Texas State. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on on the Horn. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I can't stop this feeling deep inside of me. Girl, you just don't realize what you do to me when you hold me in your arms so tight. You let me know. Everything's alright. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie. Okay, all right. I don't think I've ever heard the beginning. You of You didn't song. hear the very beginning of the song. I don't think before. I've ever heard the beginning of this song. Actually, 
That, that's surprising. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard the actual no. beginning of it. I think I hear it, like, obviously, once the song is started, once the beat drops. I don't think I've ever heard the actual yeah. beginning of the song. There you go. Top of the charts Tuesday. That's why I love it. One of my favorite musically themed days of the week because uh, it always broadens my horizons a little bit. Thanks, my man, Patrick. Uh, you can always hit us up. Spec Sex Line is the best way to do it. 512-337-3776. On the Top of the Charts Tuesday, that's where my man Patrick plays jams that reached the top of the Billboard charts on this day in history. Uh, all right, let's talk some uh, Texas baseball while we got a chance. Texas baseball with a, with a, a win yesterday. Another one. Uh, over, Another yeah, one. Yeah, they, they, they're stacking them up now. Right. I mean, considering how they started the season, I mean, can you believe we were having even a conversation yeah. about a panic button at the beginning of the season? Yes. Psh, rightfully ridiculous. so. Come we needed on. to. We the, didn't know. We didn't con- know about the, some of the transfers. The conversation itself was <laughs> absurd. It, it, it's absurd conversation. It's like that conversation, that, that debate we'd have in the sports world back in the day. Who are we debating? Was it Peyton Manning and Ryan Leaf? Oh, yeah. Absurd. That, that, that is utterly ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> absurd. Some of y'all out there, y'all know y'all pick Ryan Lee. Exactly. Absurd. Exactly. <laughs> um, but Texas wins. Uh, they beat Texas State 5-2. to two. Uh, Talk about, I mean, this team right now, they're finding their stride. They yep. seem to be finding their identity. What do you like about this one? Well, a little bit of everything. I mean, you got some unexpected heroes that came mm-hmm. a part of this game. When you start looking at what uh, Minchie, Kobe Minchie was able to do, nobody knew. He only pitched one inning so far this season. Then he went out there. With three innings, uh, gave up three hits, but he was pitching well, had four strikeouts, very consistent. His changeup was outstanding yesterday. Mm. He was keeping people off balance. Fastball had a lot of life to it. And then you look at what Heston told. He's been very consistent all year as well. I think the biggest story for Texas is not only the the interchanging of all the pieces, because remember, at the very beginning of the year, the reason why people were talking about a panic button is because you lost so much. It did you bit. lost a lot of productivity at this team and on the pitcher's mound. So you still didn't know. You didn't know who was going to take that next step on the pitching staff. And, again, I was one of the guys. I didn't know what to expect from Woody Williams. I knew he was a great player. I knew he was a great coach down at San Jack. But this was going to be his first opportunity to, to coach at this level, but experience is experience, mm-hmm. and you can go out there and teach people how to manipulate the baseball. And what I mean by that is being able to work in and out, up and down, change speeds, and be effective with your delivery. It seems like these guys have bought into whatever the teachings are. So, so, you get, so basically the batter can never figure out. Exactly. There's no pattern or trend to follow. No, because it's always changing up. Everything, exactly. Everything switches. Yeah. What I learned a long time ago, and it was crazy to me, when I was coming up through the minor leagues, people would pitch backwards. And at that time when I was coming out, I didn't know that. I didn't mm. know anything. I, I've, I've learned how to, I learned how to hit later in my career. Explain for people who don't know about pitching Well, when, I, when, when you're pitching backwards, that means in fastball counts, you would get an off-speed pitch. In 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 off speed counts, you would get a fastball. So you were you were it's used like, to it's being like, in it's, a, like, it's like throwing the ball on first down. Exactly, yeah, it's yeah, your, it's your, yeah. <laughs> the you, tendency breaker. You're that's what I was just about yeah. to say. You break tendency. So there was a bunch of teams that I would go against that I finally started realizing. All right, he's going to set me up with an off speed pitch because of the fact mm-hmm. that he knows I'm looking for this. So now I'm going to be looking yeah. for the pitch that I'm not supposed to be looking for. So then you start setting yourself up and you're looking in certain areas, and that's what Woody Williams has brought to this staff. Your your pitchers are delivering tough, high-quality leverage pitches 
in difficult situations that you wouldn't expect them to be able to do. And that has been very impressive to me. I had a buddy of mine who played with Woody Williams. He was a catcher with Woody. And he kept telling me, he was he was on me bad about it. He was like, man, just let that man work. Just let that man work. You're going to see. You're going to see. He's going to do amazing things. And right now, Texas has the lowest ERA in the Big 12. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So when you start looking at certain things, and not only is it the starters, it's the middle relievers, it's the back end. You're starting to figure out roles on this team. And you and I have talked a lot about that off air, about how these guys are starting to settle in and know exactly what is expected of them. And you got your leaders at the top of the lineup that are starting to play like leaders. And then you got the guys that are coming in late in games, and they're getting clutch hits because they're understanding, too, all right, I need to be ready by the fifth, sixth, seventh inning because my number might be called. And I got to give David Pierce credit. It's it's one of those things where, you know, you don't know until you see it because I didn't know that Porter Porter Brown's numbers weren't that great at – at, at TCU, he, I, I talked to a lot of scouts. He wasn't a guy that was on a lot of radars. This year, he's come in, shown a lot more power, hit the mm-hmm. ball hard, been very consistent in the lineup. You got Garrett Gilmet. That's development. Yeah, and Garrett Gilmet coming in. I told you, I was like, I don't know about this kid. I don't like that. Rah, rah, rah. Well, after three games, I understood why he was. He was elevating his pitching staff because these guys were a lot of young, inexperienced pitchers. Well, now they're getting that opportunity, and they're starting to play at a very, very high level, and they're very consistent. And when you asked me and you and Patrick were like, hey, man, should we get that that button ready? I was like, hold up now. Mm -hmm. The reason why I said hold up is because I did an evaluation of the entire Big 12. And I was like, no, Texas is going to be right in the heart of this thing. I mean, they're going to be right in the middle of it, and the way that they have been playing are showing us that, hey, they're here for the long haul. Shout out to Dylan Campbell. He's been out yeah. there crushing the yeah. baseball situationally, stealing bases, yeah. just doing a little bit of it, playing a great outfield. You know, there's been some things, and they rebounded yesterday without having Eric Kennedy there in the lineup because he got ejected for what yeah. happened on Sunday, but they didn't miss a beat out there. Ace Whitehead played a good outfield. Um, uh, Jared Thomas did a good job in the leadoff position. I mean, they were doing good situational stuff. Shout hmm. out to Jack O'Dowd, too. Going the what have I been telling you? Hit the ball the other way, good things happen. They've been hitting the ball the other way, and good things have been happening. Sound like they're listening to hearts, man. Uh, it's a good point you brought about the situational baseball. You've been that's been one of your key terms. Uh, you've been talking about uh, since the season started for this team, and even though, and I think the situational baseball, it it really comes into play. And it's situational, anything situational, yep. football, basketball yep. comes into play when. You have to find different ways to win because you're going yep. up against, you know, good teams or it's a long season, you know, your team has inconsistent play, whatever it is. You got to find different ways to win. This is a team now we're starting to see them find different ways to win. They didn't have a great offensive showing yesterday. Right. Not just, at all. Right. They had seven hits total, but uh, they left 10 runners on base. Yep. As, as we talk about. Right. To, yep. Two of 13 with runners in scoring position. But they came up with some clutch ones. Mm-hmm. Those, those, two, those two were clutch. And that, that's that's what you're talking about. That's your situational baseball. And they took, walks. Way to win they took walks yeah. when they needed to. They did certain things. They tried to bunt a couple times, moving mm-hmm. guys over. Manufacturing I mean, offense. Manufacturing, that's right. <laughs> All right. We ain't got it. Our yeah. bats are not prolific. They're not hot today. We got to manufacture some runs. That's there you right. Go. Get the bun down. No, it, it's it's really fun to watch this team grow. And you can see them uh, right now. They're becoming uh, – are they the best team in the Big 12? 
They are. They're they're they're, 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 the they're at the top. They're at the top I'm, of I'm the asking, league. No, no. I'm asking you for your opinion. I know they're ranked the standings wise. Oh, okay. Are, in your opinion, are they the best team in the Big Twelve? Yep. I think okay. so. They're not the most talented because there's a bunch of teams with a lot of talent yeah. on it, but they're not gelling. They're not getting to that point. Texas is doing everything that they need to do from top to bottom situationally. They're pushing the right buttons. Last night, you look at what Jack O'Dowd did. Jack O'Dowd was two for two with a walk, drove in two runs, and he gets pinch hit for mm. in that time. And Coach Pierce came in and brought in the young freshman. Um, to come in and, and get a big base hit, and that's exactly what he did. I mean, it's just certain things. Jalen Flores came up and got a big knock in the right situation, double down the line, and things just happen to work out the right way. Yeah. No, I, like I said, it's they're finding different ways to win. It, it's not all coming together right. um, for them to get ideal wins every time. and They're not winning in the same way every time, Right. Uh, which I actually kind of like. I think that just shows growth, and I even heard Coach Pierce talking about that too. Um, that just shows maturity, a mature a mature baseball team or a team that is maturing. And as you pointed out, they lost a lot, so they were young to start the season. Very much so. Just a lot of unproven talent on this team, and uh, now they're starting to prove themselves. So tonight, Texas versus uh, Texas State uh, tonight. We'll be off a little bit early at 6.15 for that matchup uh, tonight. Do we know who's on the mound for Ace Whitehead will be pitching for the Texas Longhorns. Ace got a chance to start in right (laughs) field because of uh, Eric Kennedy Kennedy being out. Dylan Campbell went to center. So now Kennedy will be back in center field tonight. Dylan Campbell being right and Ace Whitehead being able to start on the mound tonight. Yeah, all right, there you go. Uh, great stuff there, Harge, as usual. All right, we come back. We'll get into the flex on the other side right here on Ball Don't Lie. I want to... Right here on 1049 The Horn, top of the charts Tuesday. That's when my man Patrick takes jams that uh, reached the top of the Billboard charts and on this day in history and plays them for us on top of the charts Tuesday. I'm so glad that Harz did not try to hit that note. I know he was really into There's this song. No way I would have been able to hit that note. <laughs> I was so, some people don't care. I love the song that much. <laughs> they will try to hit the note regardless. Uh, that's probably why a lot of people don't cover this jam as much. You know, only a few people can cover True. this song because you can't hit the notes on this jam. Yeah. Oh, it's unbelievable. Uh, who who, is who did the original? This is Minnie, Minnie Ripperton. Minnie, yeah. Minnie Ripperton. I know it was, a, it was, yeah. Is she a one-hit wonder? I mean, I couldn't tell you another hit. Exactly. I, that doesn't mean she's a one-hit wonder. It means I know I, no and never, you're, none really. Yeah, you're pretty yeah. even know when it comes to music. And I don't know that name other than from this yeah. song. And I didn't even know the last name. I think it was like Minnie something. Yeah. I know. All right, there you go. All right. Uh, top of the charts Tuesday. Always uh, fun. Our musically themed day of the week. All right. Uh, let's get to the FLXATX.com. You can go to FLXATX on all of your social media websites as well. And you can go up there and you can go check out all of the information for also, actually, take that out. The ULL Soccer State Tournament information, mm-hmm. but also there's the uh, Austin area 7-on-7 state qualifying tournament dates uh, as well. So they got a lot of information up there for you. You can go check that out at flxatx.com. And don't forget, 
Hold up. Actually, tomorrow, will we do, we're doing flex tomorrow, I believe. Yes, uh, yes we yeah, are. Yeah, because we're yes. done with baseball. So flex will be tomorrow after uh, Ball Don't Lie is done. We will have uh, the flex for you. So you'll have the flex crew coming in tomorrow to talk some more about that. But go to the website, and you can get a ton of information, all of the of the info you need for the UIL, UIL Soccer State Tournament That's and right. also for the 2023 Austin Area 707 State Qualifying Tournament dates as well. All right. Um, you got anything for flex? No, that was perfect. All right, appreciate you. All right, we're coming back. We'll get into our NFL news, notes, and nuggets. Cowboys reportedly really like Rojo. Uh, There is a report, an update on the acquisition of Odell Beckham Jr. by the Ravens. Apparently, Lamar Jackson was the one spearheading the recruitment Uh of one Odell Beckham Jr., Maybe that's a good uh-huh. sign for Lamar being a Raven in the future. Albert Breer's latest report, his uh, Monday morning quarterback uh, from from yesterday, has me a little uh, not upset. I'm just a little stressed out as a Texans fan. If you're a Texans fan, it may stress you out too. So we'll come back and discuss that, uh, what Longhorns are trending in the draft for the Cowboys. And Carson Palmer, was he that off with these comments that Joe Burrow is better than Patrick Mahomes? All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn.